Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Hi, church. I'm Remy Shores. Um, As Katie's already said, I'm the apprentice evangelist. Um, And tonight is the final week of the worship series we've been in, The Cries of Our Hearts. Um, Most of that series has been in Mark, but tonight we're departing from Mark to pick up a story from John. Um, This is the story of a blind man healed, which is similar to the story from Mark that we started with which makes this series an inclusio series. Katie referenced that lots and lots of weeks ago, so I'm just bringing it back. Um, This, a similar inclusio is also present in Mark with a healing of a blind man in chapter eight and then again in chapter 10, but our series is taking the closing story from John instead. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that the works of God might be revealed in him. We must work the works of God who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then the man went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, yeah, that's him. Others were saying, no, it's someone like him. But the man kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They asked, where is he? And he said, I don't know. They brought to the VRPs, the very religious persons, the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and put it on his eyes. Then the VRPs also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, Jesus put mud on my eyes, and then I walked, and then I received my sight. And I don't have more pages right now, so I'm going to read from the uh, screen. Um, So some of the VRPs said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, well, how can a man who's a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the, man, to the blind man, 
What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he's a prophet. The VRPs did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. And they said, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he received his sight. But he's of age, ask him. He will speak for yourself, for himself. Um, his parents said this because they were afraid because the VRPs had already said that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be cast out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I don't know whether he's a sinner. One thing I do know, though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, Well, what did he do to you to open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't even know where he came from. The man answered, Well, here's an astonishing thing. You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but God listens to the one who worships God and obeys his will. Never since time began has it been heard of that a man born blind received his sight. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and he found him and said, do you believe in the son of humanity? He answered, and who is he? Tell me so that I may believe him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and the one speaking to you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Have you ever felt like an object lesson? Like your body and personhood is not your own, but a thing for others to learn about and learn from? Have you ever felt like the man born blind about which others speculated and theorized? I mean, that's what they're doing, right? They don't treat this guy like a person. He's an object through which they might learn truths about sin and God and disability. Jesus makes it worse when he responds, uh, he was born blind so that the works of God might be revealed in him. Really, Jesus? Really? This man was born blind. In first century Jerusalem, mind you, when such a disability made integration into society impossible. And you're saying it was all for the sake of this one miracle? So you could do your magic trick and we could all see how powerful God is? 
That's terrible. It's terrible, but it's also really common, don't you think? You might even have firsthand experience. Has someone ever told you that something bad happened to you so that you would be able to relate to others who share your misfortunes? Your testimony is so meaningful because of your trauma. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Your story is so inspiring. Think about how all of these other people can benefit from the worst thing that ever happened to you. And it doesn't stop after the miracle. The man washes and comes back able to see and is immediately objectified again, talked about again, doubted again. Some doubted that it was really him, though he kept insisting, I am the man. Well, how were your eyes open, they ask, as if he owes them an explanation. And it doesn't stop with the neighbors. The VRPs get involved, too, and they have their own ideas about what happened to the man. Now we learn that it was a Sabbath when this happened. And kneading, the way Jesus mixed the dirt with his spittle, is forbidden on the Sabbath. This healer must not be from God because the healing itself was a sin. But then again, if he's a sinner, how did he accomplish the healing? On and on the discussion goes, and for one lucid moment, someone thinks to do what seems obvious and ask the man, what do you say about Jesus? They ask, it was your eyes that were opened. Duh. And he answers, Jesus is a prophet. But in the very next line, the VRPs again did not believe that he received his sight. That is terrible. It's terrible, but it's also really common, don't you think? You might even have firsthand experience. Has someone ever questioned your story about what happened to your body or the circumstances surrounding it? Or has someone ever tried to tell you that the best thing that ever happened to you was actually a sin? And it doesn't stop with the VRPs. Now they have to get the parents involved to verify the identity of their son, whom they say was born blind. How then does he now see? And then again, someone does the logical thing. His parents say, ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. Duh. But even that seemingly empowering comment has an ulterior motive. They don't want to be kicked out of the synagogue, so they throw their own son under the bus, knowing the VRPs will not believe him any more now than they did before. That is terrible. But it's also really common, don't you think? You might even have firsthand experience. Have your parents ever tried to, tell, tried to hide parts of who you are to preserve their status in a religious institution? Have they ever denied your childhood experiences to justify their ignorance about who you really are? So what did you do when you felt like an object lesson? When your body and personhood was not your own, but a thing for others to learn about and learn from 
to speculate and theorize. What did the man do? The man born blind doubled down on what he really knew, which was just one thing, that he was blind and now he sees. He seems bored by the theologizing and debating that surrounds what all this means. He just knows what happened to him. So he just says that. He just tells his story. I am the man. Jesus told me to wash, and I received my sight. I was blind, and now I see. They ask, where is he? But he doesn't know. He only knows that he can see. And he also doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that he only knows one thing. He doesn't feel the need to give these people a theological justification for his experience. He doesn't think that his inability to explain God's fantastic works makes those works any less fantastic. I think we could learn a thing or two from the man born blind, especially if you're like me and you come from a tradition of intoxicating certainty. When we first start questioning the doctrine we grew up with, it's easy to feel like we have to defend God from our own questions. I, I think I'm called to ministry, but there's these words from Paul from a couple thousand years ago that I can't explain away. I, I think I'm in love with someone who shares my gender identity, but I don't know how to read the Bible in a way that doesn't condemn that. I don't think my gender identity is what people think it is, but I don't know how or why. I can't really explain it. The man born blind tells us that we don't have to know those things. We only know what we know, that our call is from God, that the love we feel is real and good, that the clothes our parents gave us just never fit right, but the clothes we have now do. That knowledge is not up for debate, though the VRPs in our lives might try to say otherwise. It's more than knowledge we have. It's wisdom that our very bodies carry. In, in here, we ask each other every few weeks, what is your body saying to your spirit tonight? Because our bodies are created by God. They carry wisdom that they can share with our spirit if we will stop to listen. And we don't have to justify it by the broken standards of this world. The wisdom of God is foolishness to humankind. And the wisdom in our bodies is foolishness to VRPs. I don't know whether he's a sinner. One thing I do know, though I was blind, now I see. And as they keep pressing him and gaslighting him, he keeps refusing to play their game. I've told you already, and you would not listen. I don't have to justify my experience by your broken standards. The wisdom of the God who healed me is foolishness to you, and I will not waste my breath trying to convince you. They keep arguing, and the man keeps gaining confidence in what he knows. He knows more than one thing, actually more than that he was blind and now he sees. He knows that God does not listen to sinners, 
but does listen to the one who worships God and obeys God's will. He knows that never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. He knows if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He knows that Jesus is from God because his body carries wisdom in it. And he's learning to listen to his body, even though those around him will not. You see, if we listen to the wisdom in our bodies, the knowledge will eventually follow. We're made in the image of God, so the wisdom stored in our bodies is not just about us, but about the God who made us and knows us and loves us best of all. We don't need the apologetics of this world to tell us what we already know. We can listen to our bodies and learn from them, even when the VRPs will not. And they really will not. <laughs> when the man born blind makes that final move, when he owns the wisdom from his body, they are done. You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us and they drove him out. It's terrible. But it's also really common. Don't you think? You might even have firsthand experience. Has someone ever told you that your very being is sinful? That your whole existence is irredeemable? That the very thing that makes you wise the reason you know what you're talking about is exactly the reason they will never listen. And they drove you out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and he found him. He found him. Jesus found him. Has Jesus found you? If he hasn't yet, he will. He will because he's never far from the works of God, and you are one of those. You're a work of God, and maybe that's what Jesus meant at the beginning of the story. He was born blind, so the works of God might be revealed in him. What if it's not that the miracle was the work of God, but that the man himself, blind, begging, helpless, was already a work of God? The works of God were revealed in his body ever since he was born. And it's the same in your beautiful body. The works of God are revealed in your body, and you are the only one who knows what that means. If we're lucky, maybe you'll share your story with us and help us understand it. If we're smart, we'll believe you. But if we don't, don't worry. Jesus will find you. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. 
To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.